calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. God's Dale. Just God's Dale. Sometimes you forget what it's like watching a legendary team in action. And that's coming from a former player in that field. Truly, the Blue Flame Ascending have shown how they achieved this rank with that display of unbridled power, used to stop a devastating naval war between two rivaling pirate fleets. I mean, they took out an entire fleet of warships. They made it look like they were making a fine Nassau salad out of masts and anchors. I hope the Free Isles have some good cleanup crews, because they're going to be scooping up flotsam for the foreseeable future. Not to mention recovering the stolen artifact the pirates had taken from deep within the jungles of San Baleares. The nice thing about naval battles is the burial at sea is a snap. Usually happens whether you want it to or not. We're looking at a lot of happy, happy sharks. Welcome back, action addicts, to the League of Ultimate Questing, where non-stop heroics keep you on the edge of your seat. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the next Enterprise. With me is League Vet, who makes the monsters sweat, Stormclad Thundertongue. Now, Storm, uh, let me ask you something. What's on your mind, Kipster? When did you start wearing a trench coat to work? Oh, and what are you, the fashion constable? I like long jackets. It could rain at any moment. I'm just being prepared. Cutting a trim figure. Sure, sure. It's a fine coat, pal. Now, why has it been draped over an old woman for the past 20 minutes? <sighs> Dang it. I told you not to breathe so loud. I'm sorry, honey biscuit. Storm, what's going on here? Oh, look, Kip. Legendary Acres had to do some insulation work, and some of the guests had to leave their rooms for a few days. My Nam Nam just happened to be one of those poor, hopeless, misplaced elders subjected to this tragic exodus. I wouldn't want to be a bother. Why couldn't she stay at your house? <laughs> Kip, neighbors can't be trapped alone in an empty house all day, waiting for a little storm cloud to come home while she slowly decays like so much room temperature cheese. She needs attention. She needs someone to keep an eye on her. She needs to be monitored. She gets bored, she gets crazy. I'm talking body count sick house. There's a reason I shell out a Duke's ransom every year, just to keep her well tended to at Legendary Acres. Well, that is a touching story, but we can't just bring whoever we want into the mega booth. No, no, it's fine, Thunderbuns. I'll go sit on the roof. Let the fresh air and the high altitude make me black out, and then I fall to my death. There's another old lady crater in tomorrow's Mackinac news file. Kip, you can't make her go. She's my Nam Nam. She'll be quiet. You'll be quiet, won't you, Nam Nam? Silent as the grave, sweetie. Wow, okay. <laughs> That's kind of unsettling. Fine, it's not really up to me anyway. But who am I to send off a senior citizen in me? Why, thank you, dear. I'll be on my best behavior. Oh, I made you both a peanut butter sandwich. 
Hot damn. Nam Nam makes the best BB Sammies, or Nammies if you prefer, which I do. Oh boy, the crusts are already cut off and everything. You're the best, Nams. Wait, she made these while she was under your coat? On second thought, I don't want to know. Let's take this time to go out on the field and see what some of our champion rank teams are up to right now. We'll be back shortly. Hmm. Nope. That is a good sandwich. A week is a long time in the life of an adventurer. In this line of work, the world expands vastly with each passing day. New sights to behold. New powers to awaken at every turn. One week ago today, the mortal dawn stood atop the Tower of the Solar and celebrated the Day of Helden's Sun and the long night of festivities that followed. But the trip back home need not be direct. You've each been dealing with business of your own. Arvid, you received a sending spell from Aik the Ancient, requesting you return to the Ten Tribes. Your big sister Eshwin is taking over as the den mother of your clan. Part of the ceremony of ascension is for her and a war party of her near family to go on a hunt. When you return, you are welcomed by your clan. You are met by your mate, Ingrid. She welcomes you with warm arms. Arvast picks you up in a huge hug. And you are sent out on heavy steeds. You have brought Hydravor. Continuing your training, we find your war party in the black woods at the base of the Himmelhorn Mountains. You are hunting a creature that some believe does not exist. It is known as the Svartulf. It is said that sometimes it will take down hunters that venture too far into the woods. None of your clan have ever witnessed this beast, but you ride together. With you leading the party is your sister Eshwin. She stops every few miles, gestures a few hand signals to the group as you continue onward. Your young, timid brother Eric rides close to your side, venturing off only to scout. And your cousin Goro, who volunteered to travel with you trying to regain his faith with the family. And as you're riding, he pulls up next to you on a fat gray stallion. Hey, uh, Ovid, um, are we cool? We've been through some, some weird stuff over the, you know, past few months. I, I'd say so. I, you know, we've always had a, a bit of a, what do you call it, a rivalry? Uh, I was your bully. We yeah, can call okay, it what that's, it is. That's more honest. <laughs> Well, I'll be damned if you didn't grow up to be one tough motherfucker. Maybe it was partially due to your help. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but I don't blame you for not sticking around the Ten Tribes. I mean, we see our share of action, but it's nothing like the stuff you see out there doing that crazy adventuring thing. Well, uh, anyway, your dad passed through a couple weeks ago. He didn't really ask many questions, you know, he's always traveling. Uh, but he wanted me to give you these. And uh, he hands you a pair of fur... Bracers. It looks like they're made out of just a thick brown red fox hide. Nothing fancy. The stitching is heavy handed, um, but you're certain that they're durable and warm. And as you're inspecting them, the woods grow very silent and Eshwin holds a hand of warning up. And the group of you see in a clearing as the sun begins to set a massive lumbering black wolf with six legs sniffing at the ground. You see some of the snow is stained with blood and it seems to be inspecting a corpse of something recently killed. Just a brown shape surrounded by blood. Your war party pulls out their javelins in preparation. There's a tension and curiosity. None of you even knew that this creature existed before today. And as Eshwin lifts her spear up, you see from behind it a pair of small gray pups. 
sniffing at the corpse and feeding on the meat. She looks to you curiously, as though seeking your guidance. All right, so Arvid will do his best hand signing to her to say, Svartolf, are those pups? Babies? They are indeed its young. Wow, we're very excited. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it looks as if we are downwind. We should circle around and try to separate them. Yeah. Yeah. Eshwin signs to you. Do you wish for us to kill it? Isn't that what we came here for? And she signs, the hunt is not always about the kill. I believe we, more than anyone, have learned the harm of losing your mother too soon. Aww. Oh my god. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, let's say we just tag it. In implying the getting up close enough to make an attack, but instead of making a full attack, leaving some kind of mark. She gestures, he would honor me if you did this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so why don't you just roll me a real quick survival check to see how well you can approach. Okay, so with advantage, that's going to be a 21. Ooh, nice. With a 21, you dismount from Hydravor up to your knees in thick snow and carefully step forward. It locks eyes with you as you approach. The pups move forward, sniffing curiously, and it stands between you and them. A low growl forms in its throat. You look into its one piercing white eye. Arvid's going to try to approach it with calm, open body language now that because it clearly sees him. Yeah. And he gingerly reaches out a hand and then places it firm but gentle on its muzzle. Using your relatability with animals and your connection with nature, you hold your hand out slowly. You see teeth for a moment, but you move with such confidence and calm that it begins to lap at your open palm for just a moment. He casts a quick grin back at uh, Eshwin. <laughs> there is a brief moment before it turns and flees back into the woods with its pups, where your eyes lock once more. There is a realization that you are both able and willing to kill one another, but there is respect gained here today, not just from you, but by the beast as well. Arathax, hmm. we find you waiting waist-deep through the mud of the pale mire. You've been looking for something, something not hard to find, but the vast size of this marsh makes it take some time. Even with the thick mud and water, you manage to find a glistening wet trail. You see where the trees have been pushed aside, and you follow it for over an hour. And eventually you come to a huge hill with a house on top of it. But not a hill, the shell of a giant snail with a shiny white skin. It seems to be slumbering, resting against a pair of trees. I'll climb a tree to get up to the house at the top. As you set foot on the front porch of this old rickety hut that seems to sway as the snail breathes in and out, the door snaps open and a pair of yellow beady eyes peers out. There's the flash of steel as a dagger emerges. And then the voice, Arathax, you've returned. I thought you did. No, it is not so easy as that to dispatch me. I, I fled as soon as they were banished. Uh, me and Ambiago, we have been together for some time. It trusts me. I steered it far and, well, some would say fast. I'm sure they would. Are they gone for true? Only for a time, little friend. I still feel her inside me. I'm sure. You said you, you tried to flee, but you couldn't. She, 
hold some sway. Once she saved me, brought me back to strength, but now she seems to hold my soul in the palm of her hand. I brought something I think may help. You deserve a better master. Ah, uh, do you wish to be my master? I wish for you to choose. You should not be bound as a slave. Uh, come in. Uh, come in. Uh, and you haven't been inside of the structure in a very long time, and it has changed much. Where once one person lived here, and it was evident that they made their home, it's obvious that this was a house for three. Crammed together, beds side by side, a mess. Regions strewn about on tables, a cauldron with a stagnant, thick muck in the bottom. Some parts burned, everything dusty. Krim sheathes his small blade and says, I've been hiding. I've barely left. Uh, Ambiago keeps me safe. Until they return, that is. Ten years in the day. You may be all right. Well, I guess n nine years and some change now, but... What will we do when they come back? If I have anything to say about it, they won't. Why have you come back here, Arthax? It's dangerous. The sisters have been a shade over my life since before I was born. I thought dispatching them would make me feel complete, make me happy. I don't, I don't feel anything, Krim. Killing the sisters, it didn't bring my parents back. It didn't bring Selvarax back. It didn't restore my life to how it used to be. And they'll be back, again. Ten years and a day. Ten years and a day. But you've been their faithful servant. And I think, if nothing else, I can be a thorn in their side as much as they're a thorn in mine. Hold still. I have an idea. He freezes in both fear and reverence. I pull out a scroll hmm. that I bought from our previous quest benefactor. Mm -hmm. And I take some time and cast remove curse on Krim to try and break whatever grasp on his spirit, whichever of the sisters it was. Mm -hmm. The soul drinker. Yeah. As you complete the incantations of the scroll, a very complex series of runes that even your mind must focus hard to get out. You see a wash of energy flow over Krim and to your surprise, the wrinkles of his skin grow deep. The yellow shade of his scales seems to fade slightly. His fingernails grow an inch. His eyes sink into his head slightly. <sighs> I feel different. What have you done? There's, there is calm. Calm in my mind. I've taken you away from her. I've given you back to yourself. Oh, we, kobold, don't live too long compared to humans and drakkar. Uh, their magic may have prolonged my life, but I would rather die with freedom and natural age than be bound in some immortal servitude. Indeed. A life in slavery is no life. I've learned that from some friends I've made along the way. I would have you choose for yourself. If you wish a new master, I would take you, but not as a slave, as a follower, an apprentice. As a friend. I welcome you as a friend, Arathax. While I have been bound in servitude, I have learned much from the sisters. The use of incantations, the brewing of potions. I will remain here with Ambiago, but at your behest, should you need me as a friend, I will be ready. Very good. Keep an eye on the Pale Mire. 
I do not know if I will ever return here, but it has suffered much under the sister's rule. With what days are left within me, I will do this. Very good. And before you leave, you take a look around the hut. It's a mess. Rifling through their belongings is both painful and obnoxious. But there are a series of labeled vials that you find hidden away deep under a floorboard. And the labels seem unusual. One of them says berry patch. One of them says well. One of them says wheat field. And for each one labeled in this, there is another that says cure. These are poisons. Slow-acting, deadly poisons that are used to taint the supplies of the humans. I'll go ahead and remove the vials and slowly tuck all of them away in my satchel carefully. And then before I leave the Peelmeyer, I return to my parents' hut and I stay there for a few days. You do make your way to the hut where you grew up, but what you find is not what you expected. Outside of the Peelmeyer and into the Belchester swamps, you return. You see that the village has expanded. It's much larger than it was when you left. And where your hut once stood, there is now a small house where you see a family of humans living and a pair of small children playing happily in the yard. Christ, you have made an exclusive dinner reservation at one of the finest eateries in all of Lyonne, in the capital of Inlakes, a place called Plate Blanche. You sit at the table with a cocktail waiting for your guests to arrive. There are cameras all around. The Reginald monitor is watching you, for this has been a publicity stunt. The chair is pulled out by one of the servants, and your guest sits. You see a figure with pale blue hair tied neatly into a braid, wearing a fine suit. They are Methandral Valcoris, the captain of the Warsong Eternal. They lock eyes with you as they seat and say, How kind of you to invite me here to this place. Ah, oh, yes, my dear, dear Bladesinger. It's nice to see you again. Is it? Very much so. Remember, smile big. There's lots of cameras. That there are. My relationship with them has changed quite a bit over the past season. Ah, uh, I'm so sorry. But you know what they say. Sometimes bad news can be good. Tell me, Zagrand, mm? is this an olive branch or the hilt of a dagger you are gesturing to me? This is dinner. <laughs> why, why not just sit and enjoy yourself? The words I wish to exchange with you are few and ones that I will not speak while being watched. If you must, by all means, please fill your face. He gestures to one of the waiters. A uh, glass of Rogamian red. Don't let it empty. Oh, Rogamian red. Make it two. That sounds absolutely divine. Hmm. So tell me something. How is your uh, book faring? I know someone who might fix those frayed edges for you. My book is fine, as is its backup. Ah, very clever. So, this is just dinner, is it? Just dinner, just conversation, just talking. Just one league member to another. I regret what has happened between us. As do I. I regret a chance to show my true skill and my moment of cowardice and greed. Yes, I understand that all too well. But I hope you've learned good performance is as good as any sword. Well, it does seem that there was a good chunk of the crowd that was quite fond of it. Indeed. My team is still recovering, he says, cutting you off. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I can't be on the moral done forever. There may be a future where there may be experiences to be had. What kind of experiences, Zagrand? 
Oh, let's be friends. You'll find out. A server comes out and drops off your appetizers. Ah, yes. Dig in. I shall. You seem like you're waiting to say something important. I feel like we're still on the battlefield. Oh, yes. Wherever there's a camera, you bet you're still fighting for something. He drains his glass of wine and begins poking at the fried fish appetizer. You're not one for, uh, picking up all the subtleties, so I'll be plain. My days are numbered on the team, but I'd like to continue the games in the future. Maybe start something of my own. Oh, yes? He looks up curiously. Oh, yes. I believe your singing would be great accompaniment. Interesting. Artyom, you have been searching long and hard at the outskirts of Lucinelli. Far north towards Elkara, you have found several tunnels that go deep into the earth. One of these is probably the one that you emerged from some time ago. We find you in the darkness of one of the lowest. The air is cold. There is no presence of light. The walls are damp, weeping. The energy is strange. You think you might be near an entrance to the Drexian shift. I'm traveling silently, clad in soft leathers, common to the drove. My pink prick is thawmed black, and I have a steel bullet helm buckled tight on my head. Not a single loose piece of metal to rattle. My kit is tight and simple, just enough. Your garb is silent, but caked in the dirt of much exploration. You've been searching for days. You found what you think is the remnants of a camp, a group of maybe ten, set up here, dangerously close to the shift. And as you explore the terrain, you begin to realize that this was not a scouting group or a war camp. This was a simple resting point for refugees, people who are leaving, not coming. I feel the coals. Is there any heat? Long dead. Around the fire, though, you find some long, twisting leaves. You recognize them as the tops of deep root. Uh, large enough party to track easily? Less than a dozen for sure. They don't seem to know what they're doing very well. I'm going to see if I can follow where they went. You follow their path upward, winding. It seems as though they got lost several times. For a moment, the sun is in view in one of the higher caves. It takes you a while to read the signs. This isn't something you're particularly skilled in, but you've been learning. And to the best of your assumption, this was a group trying to flee. And once they saw the sun, they turned around and went back. I'll go back to the area where they came from and make note of the camp. You pull out a map that you've been working on, a series of caves, most of northern Leone, X's all over it. You make very detailed notes of what you found here today. I then, near the hearthstone that they no doubt used for warming their food, I'm going to lay a simple enchantment. And all that will happen is that next time it is heated, a simple message will be written in Drav and say, in the pain of the light, you will find warmth unimaginable. Excellent. I like that scene. Not complicated, but very full of heart. Mm. We find the team reunited after their time apart, arriving at different times to the lounge of ultimate questing, returning to their corners of the upstairs apartment, unpacking, changing. The first of you to arrive finds a simple note from Maven saying that he is away on urgent business, but he hasn't stopped seeking new quests, and he has left Jean-Pierre in charge of the tavern management. Which of you arrives first? I will. Chris will. All right. You find this note, and in a short amount of time, your allies begin to arrive one by one. Hmm. Well, it's nice to see you all. It seems Maven has gone away for some business. Nothing like him. What have you all, what have you all been up to? 
Oh, hold on a sec. Arvid goes upstairs. Okay. Arthax, how are you? I'm well, I suppose. Hmm. It's been an interesting week, to say the least. Hmm. Yes, it has. And what about you, Artyom? How are you doing? Not enough. Not enough? What do you mean? There's more that can be done. But for now, I think maybe I don't have much choice. Hmm. Arvid comes downstairs and puts in front of each of you a uh, something white and fluffy, small things, and says, I learned how to make gloves from rabbit's fur. I made all of you gloves. You can turn them inside out, and they're weather-resistant and uh, fuzzy, but they look better this way. Oh, this is beautiful. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate the gesture, but why did you make me two? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Your alien hand very quickly consumes the flesh of one of the two. (laughs) Protein. (laughs) Well, I suppose that's why, then. Thank you. <laughs> These will be perfect. Thank you. Slips them on. Well, I say, it's about time we had a, a good team drink, don't you think? When don't you say that? Well, you know. What do you say? I have a weird question. How long have we been together? That is a good question. In world, I mean. Um, about a year and a season, I want to say. Okay. That's why that's what I thought. Off the top of my head, Harathax, you feel a gentle tugging on one of the ornaments you keep on your arm from the table. Something small. I look down. You see Lord Anoki carrying his tiny mushroom staff, looking up at you, trying to get your attention. Oh, hello, little one. I pick him up. Uh, hey, Rufax. Uh, I came to inform you, uh, since you gave us the charge of caring for the Lunar Rose, uh, it sounds strange to say, but I fear it is flourishing. <laughs> uh, when we say flourishing, do we mean like uh, your rampant spore production and uh, uh by flourishing i mean it has grown it has budded three flowers it seems to be responding well to our change in the soil and where once it sang to us at night now it speaks to us in voices from far off interesting uh, perhaps i should come check on the plant it's always nice to see your friends making friends though always yes He will, of course, travel with you being held in the palm of your hand back to the garden. And the eerie lunar rose is now a rose bush. Um, It has grown nearly a foot and a half tall. And there are three distinct pale blue flowers blossoming. With a gentle inspection and you tuning yourself into the magics of this plant, you feel like it has grown enough to not just be able to use scrying and clairvoyance. You now think for a brief period of time, you may be able to contact other planes of existence using it. Hmm. As Harathax is in the garden exploring the new plant, uh, you from outside, the three of you, hear a loud noise that you immediately recognize as a poof, poof, poof. Morty! Morty! And as the door kicks open, uh, Morty does not just clamor in excitedly as usual, but there is uh, someone on his back. You see Nim riding Morty with a saddle that has been fitted to him. And he slides to a stop on the wooden floor, kind of headbutting Arvid in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately jumping up to Licksburg. <laughs> and does, does, uh, does, uh, is, does never will manage to stay on. Her balance is impeccable. <laughs> Very strong hips. Uh. <laughs> yes. Canonically strong hips. Yeah. Canonically. Uh. Uh, and she does a little backflip and jumps off as Morty is kind of up on his hindies. 
giving you the smooches. Mm -hmm. She says, Mortal Dawn, it's so great to see you all. Uh, I know this is a little strange, but I kind of dug out my grandpa's old saddle. Um, He used to be part of a strange military unit known as the... Excuse me, your grandpa's old saddle? Yes. How big was your grandpa? No, it was the one he used to ride giant dogs. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. There used to be a Dornish cavalry known as the Halfling Outriders, and they specialized in riding large dogs. And Morty was just the perfect. I had to try. It's honestly the best thing I've seen in months. I I think he likes it. (laughs) I mean, you can keep the saddle, obviously, but it's Uh, been fun catching up. (laughs) I doubt any of us can fit it, but perhaps... Perhaps uh... if it gets a little bigger, maybe I can. Mm. There we go. (laughs) We've been on a boat for several days now. I don't think the captain liked Morty very much, but I glossed it over. (laughs) But I've got family here in in Lucinilli and I'm ready to hang out. I would much rather ride dog than the septuagenarian. What? 70 year old. Oh, oh, it is funny joke. (laughs) Oh, 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 Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it needs to be pointed out that Morty has not stopped licking Arva this entire time. (laughs) Just a slobber-faced. Morty, what about me? What about your best friend, Christ? He looks for a moment and smiles at you and then turns back and begins looking oh. at Just <laughs> looking from crotch tin to face break. <laughs> from navel to nips. Uh, <laughs> and as the door was kicked open by this excited giant dog, you see a figure standing in the door wearing the, not the garment of a, a law enforcement officer, but someone of legal representation from the Silver Precinct. And they seem to be carrying a small satchel and a piece of paper with them. And they have uh, dark glasses over their eyes as the midday sun beats down upon them. Uh, and he looks around, he's like, inspects the patrons of the bar, of which there are few, and then the four of you, and looks to Artyom and says, Are you Volkov? Duh. I'm afraid I have some bad news for you from the Silver Precinct. The only kind. I'm not sure if this has been brought to your attention, but it seems that your uh, Uncle Loshad has passed away. He clutches his pearls. <laughs> no, please, not lush it. Not my beloved uncle. Uh, clearly you weren't that close then. Uh, yeah, he was put in charge of a crabbing vessel and it was found out in the dock abandoned. And uh, let's just say it doesn't look good. When he came to town, he was asking about making sure he was uh, accepted and everything was above the water. He was using some strange terminology, but uh, he did uh, write a last will and testament sort of thing. And it's my job to... Uh, Offer this to you as his uh, closest relative here in the city. Did I inherit the bag of mushrooms and an old pile of dirt? Well, it is the last of his earthly possessions as they were. Earthy possessions, you mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got a quick one here. Very funny. <laughs> um, and he basically dumps the contents out on one of the tables. You see 12 gold pieces, a very strange material whip, and a rusty old pendant. The whip doesn't look like it's made out of a traditional leather. It's very nice. It it looks like some other kind of non-animal hide being bound together. The coins are plain local currency, and the pendant is covered in rust, but it looks like that. The symbol of Drogondrov, the deep root. Oh, that's beautiful. That is very pretty. gorgeous. I'll post that online. There's a picture I handed Zach. (laughs) Well, uh, all my condolences. He wasn't a rich man, but what he had is yours now. I take it I recognize the whip. You haven't seen it in a long time and you didn't know he had it with him. You have seen these before. It's actually what you could say was something invented in the fantasy version of prehistoric times by mm-hmm. northern orc tribes. It is a drosh new leather. It is made from very large, insanely thick funguses um, that they peel and regenerate quickly. 
and it basically maintains a very new polish at all times. It's almost regenerative. I stand up on a nearby chair and I say to everybody who's currently in here, you currently have a tab of a 13. I reach in my pocket and put one in 14 gold. You have to drink all of this before you leave. Hey, (laughs) you you make jokes now. 14 gold is a lot of drinking. It is a challenge in honor of my uncle who is now dead. Bear the weight with honor. And I drop the money on the bar. The patrons that are there, a couple of them look like old fishermen. And one of them says, I knew low shed. Honor accepted. Thank you. Open a top shelf bottle. He says to no one. (laughs) (laughs) Jean-Pierre comes out with his hands on his hips and says, I have to do everything around here. (laughs) (laughs) Trademark bottle. (laughs) Oh, that's really good. So good. And then you all hear an alarming sound from upstairs. I use the term alarming quite literally as there is an alarm going off. (laughs) I bolt up there. Did Did anyone know we had that? I didn't. You see Reginald 419 floating, manifested in his full form, his eye flashing shades of red and yellow. This is an alarm you've never heard before, and he seems to be in a panic. And you hear him say, Oh no, oh no, 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 they have found out. Looking to the group of you entering, I am so sorry, so very sorry. I don't want to go, but I have no power to change this. They're sending me home. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. A series of lines form in the air, penetrating Reginald 419. A row of symbols, digits, equations of pure energy flow through him. He folds down to a two-dimensional line of data and is flung, calling out in fear, back to the place of his origin. Ergo, the plane of logic. Mr. Thundertongue! Mr. Thundertongue! Your grandma was in the break room, and she totally wrecked the place. Oh, it's Bedlam. Damn, damn. How'd you sneak off like that? I turned my back for a second, and you just vanish. I guess I did learn from the best. I just went to fix up a spot of tea, Stone Cloud. But they were all out of Dan Mary and Gray, and I guess I lost my temper a little bit. You know how Nam Nam gets without a good gray tea at me? Oh, she snapped the table like it was a glow stick. I have to go help put out the fires. Don't you worry, Nimbers. I'll order out for some tea. It'll be here in no time. Just relax and have a seat by your little storm cloud. Thank you, dear. Now, Kip, why haven't you been at any of the family holidays? I'm sure you got the invite. Didn't he, Raindrop? Oh, uh, of course I did. I really appreciate them. I, I just have a very full schedule. <laughs> I don't get holidays off. Yeah, I always invite them. He shuts me down cold every time. Young fella like you shouldn't work so much. You'll work yourself to death, just like Rim Grim did. <laughs> I'm all Rim Grim. Now, now you don't go getting sad on us, Nam Nam. Here, have one of your cigars. Oh, that's much better. Thank you, dear. Uh, you can't smoke in here. Oh, dear, I see. Well... Why don't you go ahead and just try and take it from me, little man? Okay. <laughs> Storm, we have to talk after the show. Yeah, 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 I know. But just look at her puffing away like a little chimney in a shawl. Adorable. She's a treasure this world doesn't deserve, kid. Have you say so, pal. And speaking of treasure, let's take a moment to check in with this week's sponsors. <laughs> we'll be right back. Father Ernesto, we need your help. What have we got here? Patient was attacked by undead. 
The wounds are starting to fester, and there seems to be some kind of poison making its way towards his heart. I need to detect magic over here, ASAP. Right away, sir. Necromancy. <sighs> Typical. Father, there's more. Let me guess. The graveyard is still full of the undead. How did you know? I need five cc's of pure diamond. But father, now. Yes, sir. Revivify? But this patient's still alive. Ernesto, what are you doing? My job. <laughs> He's coming around. You did it. Father, but how? It wasn't poison. It was a curse. Would have spread to the whole hospital if I hadn't stopped it. This man was at the graveyard visiting his recent mother's tombstone when the undead attacked. A wound like this must have been from a greater undead. Something capable of imbuing its foes with dark magic. But how did you know about his mother's grave? Because she was my mother, too. All this and more on tonight's dramatic season conclusion of Cleric Hospital. I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On Mayday, you'll hear about the people who had to find out, people whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to Mayday wherever you get your podcasts. How's it going, all you cuties? I hope you're enjoying this lead up to our 100th episode as much as we enjoyed making it. We just finished recording the next chapter and I am still having heart squeezings from all of the feelings. Speaking of heart squeezings, we have yet another Patreon subscriber deranged enough to up their subscription to Patreon tier. Isaac Davies has supported the show for so long and in so many ways, and now he's a patron. Thank you, Isaac. And thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, large and small, for helping to improve the show and our lives. This week's featured team of Patreon legends is the Unbroken Form with Lutus Anderson, Evelyn, Heath Marks, and Devin Stika. Thank you all again. I also want to thank Sam Hediger for editing this episode. He has been an absolute treasure beyond measure. We had some minor issues with the cleanup on this episode, so we're probably going to get those issues fixed up before next week. I just wanted to let you know what was going on. Red Blossom Black Snow, my Legend of the Five Rings campaign for Level Up Dice, is coming in hot this Thursday, the 7th, at 6.30pm PST at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams. I regret to say, however, that Nixie, who plays Keiko the Shinobi Priest, was hospitalized after a major seizure and will not be able to reprise their role due to the stress involved. My heart goes out to them, and I hope you all can forgive the gap in our roster. Red Blossom is sponsored by Level Up Dice. Please use our link at bit.ly forward slash LUD slapdash to help us out. Our holiday content contest is over. We had some fantastic submissions and we will soon be able to announce the winners. Thank you everyone who sent in content. It means the world to us to see our work and our merch inspire you. You can find links to said merch at the LUQ.com. Finally, we have a personal message submitted by Xandrius. To Rednave and Tiggy, my heartfelt congratulations on your recent clandestine nuptials. <laughs> May the joining of your houses eclipse the rest of the flaming train wreck that was 2020. I wish the two of you all the best in the coming years together. And the same from all of us here at Slapdash. It's important that we all find joy wherever possible, especially with all the troubles that have been going on. I couldn't be happier to send this message. Thank you so much to everyone involved. And if you want to advertise with us or have a special message you want on the show, please shoot an email to admin at slapdashstudios.com. 
If you want to show your support, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash slapdashstudios. But enough of love. Let's get you back to the action. The Tragic Tale of Gas Muriel and Shalukarth. Deep within the Shadowfell, dark echo of the wild, rose a pair of sisters who dazzled and beguiled. Born in blood of ancient fay and forged in chaos shade, they took the land as champions, the red thorn and black blade. Cities rose and forests grew, conducted by their hand. Wars were lost and won and waged, two saviors of the land. The midnight rose who could divine, the future yet untold. The twilight queen on onyx wings who tread along the fold. We must expand, she did command, grow strong shall our dominion. We'll tip the scale, spoke forest frail, and struck her spear obsidian. A battle raged for days and nights, the sisters' will defied their might. We cannot break the border realm, Gosmeriel cried with blade of elm. Our people, they shall rise united, Shalakarth, the realm divided. And in the end, the damage caused still lingers to this day. One sister cast out of the fell into a world of grey. Gosmeriel left an empty throne, fled to the forest black. No longer there to lead the lost, sworn never to come back. Her sister banished for all time to level plainer scales. But in the new realm she called home, her powers would prevail. Her dream to break the fell's dark gate, this goal she did then vow. To bring to pass, with strength amassed, her new servants, the drow. As soon as the air clears from the flashing lights pulling Reginald 419 into another world, there is another soft crackling, and another shape appears where he was left. For a moment you think it's Reginald 419 returned, clearly being a quadron monitor. But it seems smaller, more compact. Instead of four fluttering wings, there is a kind of propeller emerging from the top. Shiny silver and bronze in contrast to 419's darker metals. A different, newer model. Hello, hello. I am Reginald 503. Uh, excuse you? Your, your your current monitor was discovered to have a core malfunction. You seem to have a malfunction yourself. They have been returned to Ergo for a full inspection and reboot. My voice modulated it or does not function perfectly, but my job is not to talk. My job is to monitor your adventures. Please proceed. I will stay out of your way. And then Reginald 503 vanishes. I look at the others. So, how do we get to Ergo? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. How do, how do, how do we get to Ergo? Anyone? Anyone? I'll show them malfunctioning. If my if if my sweet Reggie 419 isn't is is malfunctioning, I don't want something that does function. Uh maybe Arvid could ask my flower. Oh, clever boy. Interplanar. Huh? Yeah, the Luna Rose, uh, it's grown. I think it might be able to contact another plane. Perhaps it can talk to I look at the like invisible space where 503 and I Perhaps I can talk to Reginald 419. You see Chris, Chris just like pacing. Okay, okay. Uh, logic plane, logic plane. Probably lots of paperwork. Uh, where's Maven when you need him? It's okay, Chris. We'll get there. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. No, we just have to go about this logically. I don't understand. Really? I mean. No? I, 
I, I, I deal with stress with humor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anybody here understands that sentiment. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I'll go give that plant a good talking to. Don't beat it up. It's a rose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go over to the to Yon Garden. Check out that big old rose bush. Sure. There are several Shroombar that are napping in the shadow of this big, big flower bush now. Um, but they get out of your way as it seems like Arvid isn't moving with a purpose. Mm-hmm. I pick up the stool that's in here and I just immediately just put it outside the door. Chester, I've told you to stay out of my garden. I can't tell you how many times. Don't you just want to take a quick little sleep? <laughs> Eerie Lunar Rose, I, I've come to ask your help. We need to contact our friend on the plane of logic. Go ahead and roll me an arcana check. I think you need to turn it on first. Turn it on? Mm. Yeah, you have to access its root menu. Uh, mm. <laughs> I love that so much. I don't even care. <laughs> 15 minus one. Uh, you realize that while you can speak with plants, you've never operated this kind of thing as a magical device before, do nor you, have you done any kind of scrying. Do you turn this thing or what's that? No, one of the leaves comes off. <laughs> uh, why, don't, why don't I help you with this? Stop manhandling the priceless horticulture. <laughs> Is that how I say this? Horticulture? Just yeah. perfect. <laughs> but yes, Harithax, you've used the eerie lunar rose several times. Yeah. You are, for all intents and purposes, synergized with it. You okay. are attuned. Can I, but I can't talk with it. You can use it as a portal, basically. Okay. It's, it's like a phone receiver that you use. All right. Well, then I'm going to cast, is it contact other plane? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Reginald would, isn't a powerful enough being to use commune, right? No. Okay. So yeah, I'll use contact other plane. And what is your destination? Ergo, the plane of logic. You try to lock in on some kind of signal from 419, and you know when contacting other planes from the magic you've learned that you need to kind of have a person in mind, like a destination for who's hearing it, and all you seem to view is a line of information, as though there are a million potential Reginalds. Um, I don't think I'm intelligent enough to do this. Don't don't be down on yourself. No, I mean, like, literally, I don't think I'm intelligent enough to do this. I think we need um, um uh, the, 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 the college right. woman. Yes. Uh, I'm forgetting her name. What's her name? The professor. Yes. Chris, uh, Chris. Uh, breeze. Yes. <sighs> there you go. <sighs> Good job. We are all pretty dumb. <laughs> it's true. That and stealth are probably our two biggest shortcomings. <laughs> So we're about to walk into a plane entirely of logic, reason, and intelligence, and it's us. Yeah. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to get another drink. Anyone else need another? I don't think that's going to help our intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I assume we all intend to uh, cause such massive malfunction within our own reasoning circuits (laughs) that the whole thing explodes (laughs) and we're able to save Reginald, but... Locke, can I try... Can I cast it again? Yeah. Okay. If you can't find the, if you can't find the Reginald, maybe we can reach out to Pickens. He knows how to travel between planes. That's true. Yeah, I was thinking maybe the Sisters of Order. They seem they might have a connection to Ergo, but uh, Pickens is a good first bet. He's more likely to talk and less likely to steal years of my life in exchange. <laughs> yeah, I try and contact Pickens. You are well familiar enough with this person that it does not take long at all. And a little view screen of energy sort of appears, hovering over the petals of the rose. Uh, and you see what looks like Pickens, and it looks like he's hiding underneath a table or maybe a desk of some kind. And there's like a flashlight 
illuminating from his wrist that's lighting up the area down there. And he looks down in confusion and says, Arithax, <laughs> what do? Uh, Pickens, same to you. <laughs> oh, Pickens is hiding. It's not a big deal. Do not worry. All right. Uh, am I going to blow your cover if I talk to you? No, no, Pickens hide. Good. <laughs> okay. Pickens borrowed ship from old friend, a new vessel, yes? Uh, to leave Staunch Argosy. Go on, little joyride. Um, but they hire someone to take it back. It's not so good. And you hear an explosion in the background. <laughs> and there's a voice that's like, Pickens, you must return the vessel under order of an electric center. Is this joyride of yours taking you anywhere near us? No, very far. Uh, uh, what do? Uh, Mortal Don, he says, like, trying to look around you <laughs> in this view screen. Uh, yes, we need a lift, Pickens. Lift. Uh, we're trying to get the air You are handsome and smart. Aww. <laughs> That's wonderful. We're trying to get the ergo, not ego. He needs no more lifting. Wait, wait, stop. That's literally the first time anyone's ever said that to me. Look, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> ah, uh, ergo. Uh, Zarna? Da. Ah. From Zarna, yes. See. Si. Uh, Perez, <laughs> Perez gun. Uh, Lutus, new friend. Lutus, uh, ergo Zarna. Uh, why? Uh, Reginald. Uh, the little man. You the metal man? Yes. Okay. Uh, they took him back. We're staging a, we're staging a rescue. We're introducing a bit of chaos on the plane of order. And likely doing so under live cry. Mm. I hope you're enjoying this. I look over at nothing. It's there. <laughs> Do you ever think this is a terrible idea? I say to no one in particular. Ah, you go to Ergo to get little man. Why he go there? Need no for ask. He was broken. In a good way. That's horrible. That's a horrible thing. He to deviates say. from standard norms. Ah, they take him to fix. Yes. Yes. Like ship that broke. Kind of. Ah, Lutus, uh, ergo, uh, Reginald Repair, info? And there seems to be a moment of pause as he communicates with the voice in his little ear pod. And he says, okay, uh, they probably take him to a place called Some Origin, a location Certanian Anthenaeum, a place for fixing and resetting. Uh, ergo, very strange and dangerous for living because mostly information, not matter not things uh, but there are places where matter is information converted to objects yes that is near uh, certanian probably where reginald is but uh, how to get there is question you at bar yes oh <laughs> uh pickens must confess something uh, pickens when he meet mortal don did not know if... And there's another explosion in the background. He's like, quiet, I'm talking to friends. Pickens <laughs> uh, did not know if he could trust you. Uh, needed to have a backdoor. Yes. Uh, escape plan always for Pickens. Must. Pickens had small vial of a Githyanki planar shift fluid, but small dose. Uh, not enough to get back home. Just a small jump. But uh, enough to get... In Zarna, ergo, yes, uh, hid it away, so you would not know. Uh, still there, though, so points for Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your would-be betrayal has definitely paid off in our favor. Mm. Uh, would not steal much. <laughs> uh, gave to talking chair. I'll go get him. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Oh, I just feel so tired. I wish I could find somewhere to sit down. You hear a scratching at the door like a dog. <laughs> the doorknob is like rattling like it's trying to open. I open the door. You see just like the most comfortable, awkward looking armchair sitting out in the hallway that can't even fit through the door. And it kind of squeezes in oh. and the little legs. <laughs> now I've been told many times as I take a seat that I'm looking for something. It is best to check in cushions of couch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stop <It's> that. <laughs> Deeper. <laughs> oh, it's in there. <laughs> this episode of the League of Ultimate Questions. <laughs> I can't help but notice that I am the one who keeps being put in these situations. Get get your elbow warm. (laughs) Uh, And at the bottom of this ocean of bizarre living cushions, you find a small amount of pocket change, a very large dust bunny, and a sacred alchemical vial of planar transport fluid. Add uh, 30 more dithers and another drag to the uh, tab. <laughs> I just shake the coins out of the pockets. I don't know how it works. You're taking my present, though. That's the only gift anyone's ever given me. Mm-hmm. Told me not to tell. or cut my legs off. <laughs> uh, here, maybe you'll use this next time you take on the shape of chair with button. I pull a button off of my jacket and I drop it in the cushions. You hear kind of this <laughs> sound. Oh, I shake the vial. It looks like a similar liquid to the silver that he fed into that device you found at the beginning of the uh, Howling Cavern, the mirror that came to life, but just a, a very a few drops. Gotcha. What do we do with this? If it's drink it, I'm not excited. No drink. Uh, pour, make circle on floor should last for maybe five seconds. Uh, as long as you picture and no name, uh, you should be close. But I say, ergo, very strange. Uh, people not live safe there. Uh, not like travel to other plane. More like, um, rebirth, maybe? Horrifying. What? Horrifying. Yes. This is very good. Uh, quick question. How to get back? Ah, that is very simple. You see, and then... That's another explosion. Come on! Yep, that's the one. You see him basically engulfed in some kind of strange green fire. Oh, Green flare. You're sure he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who here is good at the arcane practices? Huh? I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, this will be fine. Things work out for us. What? Yes, yes, they do. Okay. And if we, if it doesn't, we may not be around to find out. So, cheery as always. Worst case scenario. Absolutely worst case scenario. All of us are converted into pure thought form and exist for all eternity as information. Oh. You mean like math? Da. You'll be like numbers bigger than what is in show. <laughs> <laughs> just just any old circle. Okay. Make sure it is perfect circle. Yes. Otherwise we might end up as old rerun of bad television show. Oh, no pressure. No pressure. It's okay. only a matter of time. all right time to not fuck it up let's draw this circle all right roll me an arcana check oh balls can i cast guidance on chris before he does this i think you should yeah (laughs) okay that's 23 Hmm. there you go heck yeah and what is it that you say when you draw this circle in this magic liquid oh 
Ergo, some origin. Certainian Anthenaeum. And like the surface of a mirror, the circle fills in. The group can now step in as it glows, the glowing slowly beginning to fade. Okay, Morty, you're staying here. Be a good boy. Do whatever John pierre and Maven tell you, okay? <laughs> All right! He plugs his nose and jumps in. And the rest of the group follows, stepping into this glistening, reflective circle. Now, before the plane shift fully happens, I need to do something with Christ very quickly. Because in the belly of the Den of Delectation, you gave a small piece of your soul to the box of whispers from the Black Spiral. It's being held safe within the Seven Hells. While you are changing planes, you have to see if the rest of your soul is going to go to join it in its perfect prison. <laughs> are you kidding? Please roll me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, right. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Just a little bit of a spice, huh? Just, just a nice shaker. I'm scared now. Ooh, that's a 19. All right. For this travel, your soul remains in your body, save for the tiny puzzle piece that is missing. The DC will go up the more you planar travel. Did, did Chris feel it? Oh, yes. You hear the whispers and the cry from the tiny piece of you lost in the seven hells. That's one word for it. <laughs> this doesn't feel like any kind of plane shift you've felt before. It's not like soaring on some planar skiff through an astral sea or stepping through a humming portal of energy. It feels like being broken down bit by bit. Each memory, an individual facet of yourself, weighed and analyzed and converted into thought and reduced to as near zero as possible. The information of who you are moves easily to all points in existence, but the place you're looking for is found with precision, a place of balance, a place of information and comprehension, a world that exists in multiple dimensions folded upon themselves. You seek the center. You find your footing in a place where matter and weight make sense, has purpose, but your living bodies cannot exist in such a place. You cannot make the journey. A new you has been created from the information of your existence, while your former self waits, floating in the data that holds reality together. You stand together on a road of seamless metal, as bright as gold but as dense as steel. You stand now in your construct form, with all of your memories and thoughts from who you are, but breathing no air. No blood pumps through your heart. A power source sends digitized signals to your mechanical limbs. It feels natural. Your lensed eyes collect information and turn it into thoughts in the complex systems where your brain once was. You've made your first step in finding your friend Reginald 419 in his homeworld. You have emerged from the data stream as the motor dawn. Alright, bye-bye, Nam-Nam. See you when I get home. Thanks again for the sandwiches, and the scarf, and the cherry gobbler, and the lecture. <laughs> oh, she's gone. Sorry about that, pal. Well, it's nothing the clerics can't fix. Boy, that hurts, though. Yep, broken clavicles are rough. I bet every breath feels like a pair of knives are dancing on your shoulder beat. Well, something like that. Well, it's my fault. I shouldn't have surprised her like that by walking into the room so fast. Nam Nam gets the blood spooks real easy, Kip. She's all karate chopped now and asks questions later. She's been through some real shit in her life. Well, now we all have. I just love her so dang much. Thanks again for letting her hang out here for the day. That's ah, fine, buddy. We'll just add this to the IOU one list. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing that list is getting pretty long these days. Well, maybe I'll just save it up for one big exchange when the time is right. Or not. What's the point otherwise? You sure you want some of this gobbler? 
pretty choice. I don't even know where she found Cherry Storm. Yep, she's one of a kind. Well, as we wave goodbye to Nam Nam, we must also wish you, the viewer, a farewell. Join us next time as we catch up with the MDs who seem to be on some kind of private mission traveling to another plane of existence. I'm sure we'll find out more shortly. Are you gonna do Reggie? Picture doesn't look quite as crisp as usual. I'm sure all this and more will be revealed, as well as more exciting endeavors from other teams across the Five Kingdoms, next time on the League of Ultimate Questing. Oh my god. It's Dawn Legacy. That's so fucking yes! good. I just wish we all could do Reginald voices so that right. we could do the whole thing in one. Please don't try to do a robot voice. It's <laughs> fine. Your, your voice modulators work perfectly. Yeah. I might, I, I, I am tempted to put in a very slight reverb. A little inflection or whatever is fine, but don't no, don't kill yourself. No, I mean like a, after, like a editing. I might throw in like oh. a tiny reverb on mm. our voices just to like give it a mm, faint touch. Feel free. Oh my god, that's such I'm so, so fucking I'm horny for this. It's, right? a, it's a Tron episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this episode I didn't know I wanted so bad. The one thing I will say is you're not gonna need your character sheets next episode. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. What? Okay. Uh I, it's funny that I mentioned reboots of old T or <laughs> just because I feel right. like we're watching reboot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, oh, I fucking yeah. love reboot. Yes. Sorry. Why wouldn't you? It's like my favorite thing. Uh, we haven't decided on who's going first, so why don't we just start with me? Thank you, everybody, for coming and listening to League of Ultimate Questing. Woo! 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 You did it. Well, we knew you could. Round of applause. That was very good. Uh, let's go around the table and thank everybody, starting with... Sam! Yeah. I'm the Sam. I play the Ram. Ooh. <laughs> absolutely Ooh. beautiful. I love that. My name's Michael Loving. I play Harithax, ninth level warlock, and I don't have a rhyme. It's <laughs> perfectly fine. Uh, Alante the Grumbler. <laughs> Apparently, I'm, I'm so sorry. But yes, my name's Alante and I play Chris Grand, and I'm not going to try to rhyme. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. I swear off the stuff. <laughs> I lost my soul. I can't do it anymore. Right? Uh, I'm Zach. Uh, Zach Barkas. I play RTM Volkov, the cleric of Sunlight and Suffering. I'm also the technical director. And I really need to stop saying sometimes editor because I edit every episode. Like there is editing done. Yeah, I spent at least two hours on every episode. Anyway, I am the also editor. Of can't wait, just real quick. Can't you just say producer when you do a lot of stuff like that? Like, can't you just call yourself a producer? Yeah, but nobody knows what a producer is. No, but and then that's just like, what a producer. That's how you say it. You say like, I just do a bit of everything. Only you say I'm a producer instead. So yeah, fine. fine. There's actually enough. There's enough. There's enough members in the Discord that are in the film industry. They probably know exactly what a producer. Has. I'll also call myself an executive producer. I'm a producer oh, and executive producer. Oh, God. God. And junior executive producer. I'm just law. I'm the dungeon master and creative I'm, guy. I'm Michael. I'm the best boy. <laughs> Well, as I'm sure you all know, uh, episodes of League of Ultimate Questing come out every fucking Monday. Every Woo! Monday. Woo! You can also find bonus content on Fridays on our social media, which you can find links to at theluq.com. If you want to see more of everything we do, please go to theluq.com, jump in our Discord, just get into our community. Our community is growing so much. I'm so excited. But I think that's about it for us. So if you want to see us growing and questing together, please keep listening and sharing it with your friends. But until next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>